This is Thrive Perspectives, an ever-growing discussion about the issues that shape our lives with your guides, Dr. Matthew Jacoby and DJ Payne. Thrive Perspectives, Episode 2, DJ Payne and with me sitting opposite in the garage studio that is still under development, it's Matthew Mm. Jacoby. How are you, Matt? I'm very well. Uh, now, we, we are very, very new in this evolving new podcast of Thrive Perspectives. We still don't know whether we want to call it Thrive Perspective, <laughs> singular, or what we're doing. But uh, we're exciting as we're working out exactly what this podcast will be. We've already got a question for the podcast. People yeah, are so excited. That's great. Yeah, that's good. So, so in, in, in our new year's resolution of getting into questions straight away, and not, uh, you know, not putting them off or, you know, yeah. saving them up. I thought let's just jump straight yeah. into a question. Yeah, good. And and we'll see if we can't answer it in a short fashion and then get into, you know, the topic or the perspective that we want to talk about today. Yeah, that's right. And I think for people then, you know, if if you're wondering, oh, I wonder what they think about this or about mm. this and and sometimes if, if it's an issue that we think actually let's – there may be times where we devote a whole episode to it. Yeah. Um, but – uh, in a lot of cases, probably most cases, I think we'll just give a succinct we'll try. answer. We'll as, as As succinct as we can. <laughs> as, 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 as us two uh, gas baggers yeah. can here. Okay, uh, we've got a question from Natalie B. Natalie B says, look, really looking forward to Thrive Perspectives. This is before the, uh, the first episode has even come out. Um, I was wanting to suggest a topic, the topic of universal divine laws. For example the law of supply or demand, the law of learning to handle what you have, the law of cause and effect. There are many others out there that people use in business and in life. And in all my Christian walk for 34 years now, I can't remember these being instilled as principles of life and practical disciplines that actually bring life. And this fascinates me. What are your thoughts and do you apply these principles and laws of life, kind regards, Natalie? Mm. That's an interesting one because I have heard in some preaching reference to laws of this and that and the law of sowing and reaping and yes. th- these sorts of things. Uh, so uh, I think the first thing to focus there on is law and there are slightly different uses of the word law. Yeah. I mean um, the question there has referred to universal divine law um well uh, but i think i think there's a bit of an issue with um uh all of the, the list of things that were yeah. then listed sort of under that so yeah. um divine law uh can initially is the ex- the direct expression of god's will for us so when we mm-hmm. think this is the first and most um important use of the word law in scripture okay mm-hmm. Uh, so law, the Hebrew word Torah, um, Greek word nomos, um, means uh, like the commandments, the Ten Commandments. Exactly. Laws in that, in that sense. Yep. So, y- you, you know, um, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind. Love mm-hmm. your neighbour as yourself. That's mm-hmm. a law. It's an expression of God's character mm-hmm. uh, and God's, therefore God's will for us because we were created to reflect God's character. Yep. Okay. So that's one uh, usage of the word law now, well, and that's what I would call divine law. That's divine law. Yeah. yeah. Now, well, the, the, there's the, because there was a couple of other kinds yeah. of laws that were referred to there. One is um, laws of physics. Yeah. 
cause and effect. Yes. Uh, I forget what the Newtonian law of effect has a cause, whatever. Equal and opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, And then there there are also, interestingly, sociological kind of laws, which would be a very weak use of the word law. Uh, I think there's even an economic law, you know, the supply and demand. Supply and demand. Supply and demand. Reaping and sowing is like a natural law, you know, yeah, the natural yeah. law, what you know, what you reap, what you sow. So you've got natural law, you've got economic law of e- in economics, you've got uh, laws, laws of physics. You know, now, um, in a sense, um, uh, you have to plot those under divine laws, but like the laws of physics are expressions of the way that God has created the universe. So I think there's something there. You know, natural laws are also, well, they're ways that, we can observe those and we read those off nature, sowing whatever you sow, you reap. Yep. We can read those off. However, we've got to be careful um, uh, in the way that we apply those in a spiritual sense mm-hmm. um, because, I mean, for example, one of the central truths of the Christian faith is that by the grace of God, I don't reap what I sow. Exactly, so, exactly. But, but it's still... That needs to be understood against the backdrop of the fact that the natural consequence is yes. that one should reap what one has sowed. So the beauty of what Jesus has done for us is broken the cause and, effect, cause and effect link yes. between um, what you sow that you mm. reap in, mm. a, in a sort of moral sense. So, yeah, so th- there's, you know, it, it's interesting in that sense. I, I think laws around human interaction, social laws, um, you know, those are, you know, law, like, for example, uh, you know, books that famously, um, you know, propound these kind of laws, uh, uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Covey's book, and um, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Um, yep. Zig Ziglar? No. No, no. Um, oh. uh, I, I I've listened to about half of it on an audio, uh, about three quarters of it on an audio oh, book on name? double speed. Uh, anyway, yeah, um, Carnegie. Carnegie, that's uh, it. Yeah. So at the age of twelve, yeah, so they'll the, say they you know these are laws of success. For example, that's a, that's a, you know yeah, well, seven, the, the, seven laws of success. Well, how to win friends and influence people. My father, at the age of twelve, thrust that into my yeah. hand and said, "Yeah, that's the laws of the world. Yeah. Learn it, and you will go success." Right. Well, you know, they're, they're principles that are often true, but it's a very like I, I think the word law there is too. Is is too yeah. strong. So you see, there's lots of uses of the word law. law yeah. Um, there are the divine laws are unbreakable because they. Re- and this is where this is the most important. Because see, God can break natural laws and the laws of physics. Yes. But God can never break His own law because that would be to contradict Himself. Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, love the Lord your God with and love your neighbor. I mean, the 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 divine laws. Um, God doesn't change, his character doesn't change, and Mm -hmm. therefore the expression of his will doesn't change. Yes. However, um, the laws of physics, natural laws, these sorts of things, well, uh, God can step in on those, interrupt those, break break into those Uh, without them So, Matt, my mind goes to, and Natalie, I'd be interested to hear what you think of our answers here, my mind goes to like the concept of principles or even proverbs yeah. like the book of proverbs good. being yeah. a being a that's a good point uh, like a book of god's 
it's almost like you know man's observations of the rule book or the mechanism yeah. of how the universe just works in the world yeah. that we're in. That's a and really good and uh, and and a lot of the proverbs you read and you go, oh man, I don't really like that. That doesn't sound fair. But it's just the the, the writer of proverbs going. That's the way the world works. That's right. Like the, the, the many proverbs to the effect of if you work hard, you'll prosper. Yeah. Which most yeah, of the time. I mean, you know, but it's, it's, not like a uni- it's not like a law in the sense like I've worked hard mm. but, uh, you know, I, I'm not prospering. Mm. You know, it's, it's not like a law in the sense of. Um, you can take it to the bank. Yeah, like you can take it. To, it's not like a law of the Ten Commandments level. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the important sense. Yeah. So, so that's a good, you know, the the proverbial those um, those principles in the proverbs. They they're not. That's why I wouldn't call them laws. I'd yeah. call them principles of living, practical living. Yes. Um, yeah. Even even I mean, then even you get into the thought of promises. Like, where do we stand on certain promises? Because I know. You know, and and I think this might even what I'm trying to do is nudge us into the area that I think you want to talk about today, is this ongoing relationship or conversation we have with God, the God, uh, as a Christian. For I'll give you an example. Sometimes, you know, I, I had a time where my son was was choosing to do something that I wasn't happy with, mm. and I and I believe that he was doing something that God wasn't happy with either. Yeah. So I then went back to the book of Proverbs and said, well, here, God, you you told me that if I raised yeah, yeah. the child and he, you know, and I taught him your ways, yeah, yeah. that he would follow you. You know, like I'm going back. Yeah. Now, and again, I know we're getting to yeah, dangerous yeah. territory of because I've seen that in many people saying, God has promised something in the word, I'm going to stand on it, and, and then their life falls apart yeah. or a child walks away well, from well, God. Well, that's where you need to understand the nature of the proverb. Yeah. The nature of the proverb, there is a general principle of life. Yes. Um. It's not, it's not a watertight, I can take this to the bank because at the end of the day, the most important principle there is that y- your son needs to, is going to make his own choices. Free will. That is very clear in other parts of Scripture. Now, the promises are actually, it's interesting when we, in the Hebrew word Torah, which refers to um, formally to the first five books of the Bible, hmm. um, it's, not, it's not actually, uh, and it, well, it's not actually just about commandments, thou shalt or thou shalt not, it actually incorporates God's promises because in a sense they're like laws but they're laws by which God has bound himself in the sense that um, and, and they're equally unbreakable. Yeah, God has said to Abraham, uh, uh, I will make you into a great nation, I will bless you, um, I will give you a great name and, uh, and you will be a blessing, I'll bless those who bless you, curse those who curse you and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through you, right? It's Genesis 12 verses 2 and 3, yep. right? That's a promise. And God is committed to that promise. That becomes that's an, an unbreakable law of the that's, universe. Yeah, that's, that Natalie's is an unbreakable word. law of the universe. Yeah. But um, so that's an interesting one too, because it's something that we can walk in. That now, when you break that down to the little specifics, now that doesn't mean, therefore, that I can expect this and this and this specific uh, ways of that turning out. Mm. But the general law, the general structure of that promise, I totally can take that to the bank, as it were, as long as I'm walking in that because the promises of God are for the purpose of God. So uh, it's not the genie principle where I just, you know, God just blesses me no matter what I do. I have to step into what God's doing and the promises for that. And and that's where that question for me, Natalie, is 
I, I go to Proverbs first in my mind and I think about those type of principles when you talk about universal laws and that type of stuff. But then I get a little bit worried that some of those, you know, good old – sometimes it turns into sayings yeah. or, you know, yeah. catch – you know, good old yeah, catchy yeah. sayings that people end up preaching about or a bumper yeah. sticker that people go, well, this is true. For example, I've seen preachers stand up there and say, hey, God helps those who help themselves. Now, in one sense, (laughs) you go, okay, I sort of understand what you're saying from, but when you really get down to the universal law of it, like that is not the gospel whatsoever. Yeah, that's right. So law is too strong. Yeah, Yeah. so some of of those things, you know, we really can get sidetracked on it. It turns into... Maybe maybe holding on to a, a magic formula yeah. or something that isn't real. Yeah. All right, well, hopefully we've covered a bit of that question. If you've got more questions for us, of course, get a hold of us. I'll let you know how to do that later on. But there's a there's a topic of discussion that, that, Matt, that you and I thought would be really interesting to talk about as we're in the foundational episodes yeah. of this podcast. Mm. And we're sort of setting up the rules of the world of how we see them as we go yeah, forward, yeah. Yeah. you know. And one of the most foundational, you know, perspectives that we have about this Christian life that we're on yeah. is how do we commune with this God? Yeah. How do we have a relationship with this, yeah. you know, God, with this all-being creator, yeah. God, That's Father? Right. How does that work? So we're talking about prayer and prayer is um, uh, is a broad term that uh, – it, it can mean actually a, a few things, and we use this in different ways. I mean, often, you know, when we think about prayer, we think about asking God for things. Mm. But today uh, we want to talk about prayer in in a broader sense um, because the thing is we talk about prayer and Christians, most Christians will be aware that they should pray. A lot of people talk about prayer, Christians or not, you know. Um, uh, so... One of the questions that comes up again and again is, well, what do I do? Like how, how is that um, – what does that actually look like? Yeah. Well, know? I mean we've got Paul telling us in First Thessalonians, pray without ceasing. Yeah. And you go, hang on, what, what, what do you mean by that? Do I need to constantly yeah. – do I just pray all day long every day? Like if I pray, how do I yeah. – you know. That's right. So there are different elements, uh, prayer uh, – of what are involved in prayer. Now, we normally think about, you know, asking and asking you shall receive, and we shouldn't shy away from that because um, uh, God wants us to ask, you know, um, ask and you shall receive. It's, it's it, you know, it's part of, um, it's part of what God wants us mm. to do. And it's important because it's an expression of our dependence on God. Mm. And God is, see, um, Jesus said, uh, you know, God already knows what, you don't have to. It's not about many words and incantations, and yeah. uh, because God knows what you want before you ask Him. So the question is, why then the asking? Mm. Well, the asking actually is is the exercise of faith, mm. and faith basically is um, taking hold of God and God's promise, God. Uh, as he has revealed himself to us in who he wants to be for us and his promise as he's re- revealed it uh, to us. And uh, it's it's that holding on, you know, that's really what it's a good way of de- um, describing faith. Um, and God is more interested on our hold on that connection, that faith connection, mm, mm. than he is even on the outcome, which is why 
the process is important, which is why uh, he wants us to ask because the asking is a relational um, interaction. Okay. And God wants the interaction. He wants that gesture of dependence and that. Uh, so, uh, and then the other reason for asking also, and this gets into intercessory prayer, so I've talked about asking God for things, ordinary supplication. Mm-hmm. So that's one feature of prayer. Let's, I'm, we're starting here with the most obvious. Yes. So ordinary supplication, absolutely. If you need, you know, um, James says, you do not have because you don't ask. Mm. 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 I mean, you know, God actually wants us to lay our needs, like he wants to be involved in our lives, wants us to lay our needs before him because it's that exercise of faith. Yes. Um, and that's the important thing. Now, the other thing is intercessory prayer, which is a kind of, uh, also an um, a exercise of faith. Now, intercessory prayer is important because uh, we are put in charge in this realm on earth. Mm-hmm. It's our, you know, we were put in charge. So if we want something to happen here, God, in order to bring about what he wants, um, he reveals that to us and then invites us into, a, into it because basically it's our job. I, I, and so, so if we if we want something to happen here, yes, um, it's always mediated through us. God is committed to that, right? Because He put us in charge. The care and the maintenance of God's order on the earth hmm. was our responsibility. Um, Romans um, says in Romans eleven, uh, uh, there somewhere, the gifts and the call of the gifts and the call of God are irrevocable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Forget exactly the reference for that, but it's That's there. Okay. Trust me. Yep. Um, uh, so, what that means is, is that once God empowers us, He doesn't disempower. He's not going to undercut us and and push us aside and say, "Well, you're not doing. I'm just going to do it." Yep. No, God is committed to using us. Okay? Yes. So, part of God's plan of restoration is to restore us, so that we take on that responsibility and that mediatorial role. And and it's important. And it's important. And I think this is this might be a whole another discussion for another yep. for another podcast because I really think that is a rich vein to tap into this idea of authority. Because sometimes when we talk about authority, and you talk about very openly about saying the authority that God has put on us, and we see yep. the bigger picture of Scripture of God wanting. To to work with men, yep. there's a part of me that goes, well, hang on, hang on. God has given Jesus all authority. Jesus, Jesus has, yeah, has, yeah, has the authority. Yeah. He's our king. And so I think there's we just need to give that perspective as well. Is when we're talking about our authority, it's authority underneath Christ the yeah, King. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We are well, his it, it's, Well, that's right. And, and and it's restored to us, you know, because remember, we lost, mm. you know, we lost that privileged place with God and that authority. Um, even though in, in a natural sense we still exercise influence over the earth and made it and messed it up, right? Yes, and, yes. and, you know, that's all too clear today in lots of different ways, in society, in climate, in, uh, in ecolo- you know, e- ecology, everything, you everything. know, human interaction. So yeah. uh, now God wants to do something about that. Mm-hmm. So what he does is that he restores us to our place and that he does in Christ. Yes. So... So Jesus is our representative and in Christ, this is the term, in Christ yep. we, uh, we stand, as it were, at the right hand of God in a right relationship with God in Christ. Yes. That's why when we pray, we pray in Jesus', Jesus name. name. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, uh, so the, the principle of, in, of intercession is that it's our job. If something's going to change, God will, as I think it was Wesley who said, God will... 
God will do naught except through prayer, mm. <laughs> to put it in the old English. Yeah. If God's going to do something, he'll, it'll work through the prayers of God's people because mm. uh, it's that exercise of faith where we um, mediate, as it were, the, the plan and the purpose of God mm. and apply it. So we, as it were, draw down on the power that is given to us in Christ mm-hmm. and, uh, and we apply that. Uh, to the but world does that mean? Us. But does that mean? Okay, let me push back on that. Does yep. that mean that God wants to do something in the world, whatever that is? He wants to, you know, pick a thing, save somebody, or yeah, yeah, yeah. heal somebody, and nobody's there praying for him. Is God standing in heaven, going, "Oh, oh, oh no, I that's wish, right. okay, so um, oh, only some, oh, I'm stuck. Yep. I can't like." Yeah, that's right. So here we we recognize the sovereignty of God at work. Exactly. When God wants to do something, He raises up people yep. to pray for that. You know, it's like... Yes. And this is the... This is, of course, the great mystery of the interaction between our free response to God and mm-hmm. God's sovereignty. Mm-hmm. Those two things work together. Exactly. Um, now, uh, if you would have told me when I was 16 years old that I would be doing what I'm doing now, I would have said you are mental, right? <laughs> but in the, in the sovereignty of God, I am now doing, what in you know, a part of God's purpose and doing what he wants. And I absolutely love it and I thank God every day, right? Mm, mm. Now I see sovereignty at work there. Mm. God got, got a hold of me, opened my eyes and, you know, and I responded. And I, there's a sense in which my response was free and yet at the same time the sovereignty of God was at work. Okay? Mm. So God raised me up to do the things that I'm doing. Well, that's how God works. And prayer is a key part of that. Okay. So I think... Um, and I just want to make sure we get practical with this because so we're talking about elements of prayer. I've talked about ordinary supplication, like um, ask God for things. Mm. Everything that you're doing throughout the day, make prayer a constant feature throughout your day. Um, you know, if, if you've got, uh, you know, work concerns or relational things or, or whatever's going on, say, God, help me with this. Give me the strength. God, please let this go well. Bless this, you know, bless the work of my hands. Mm. Uh, make make this, whatever, you know, just continually pray. That's ordinary supplication. Then there's that kind of intercessory role that we have in mediating God's purpose, mm. um, uh, which is primary. And why I think is primary is based on the Lord's prayer. Mm. Beautiful, um, and uh, so we're talking about elements uh, of prayer, and that's and that's uh, you know found in a couple in, in places. Matthew chapter six. Yeah, so yep. let, let's let's work with the Matthew chapter six uh, version, which is the most common one. So uh, now the Lord's prayer begins, and this is good because it models the sort of gestures of prayer. Like, what are the things that we do? So when I pray, what should I do? Okay. Yeah. Well, so in Matthew, in Matthew six, so we'll just we'll we'll go through it and stop me, Matt, when you want me to when when you want me yeah. to stop. And this is in Matthew six, which is a great chapter. Jesus is really breaking down, I think, an attitude of life of a prayerful life yeah, that yeah. he is calling us to. Yeah. What does that look like? And so he says, you know, when you pray, pray like this: Our Father in heaven. This is out of the ESV. Hallowed be your name. Your okay. King. So I'm going to stop there because that's that's important first yeah, of all. That's now, great. An important element of prayer mm. um, is uh, praise and worship. Like it's the it's that connection with God. Now notice it begins from a faith position. Isn't we're not working towards God as Father and me as Son. I begin there. Yes. yes. I'm not waiting until I feel like that's true. Love it. 
because I'm not going to feel like it's true until I actually start acting on that. And prayer is a way of acting on that. Mm-hmm. So it's like a lot of people say, oh, I find it difficult to get in, in, into prayer because I find it difficult to believe that God really wants to hear me. Okay, well, that's where we just need to uh, step out in, exercise that little bit of faith that we do have, and it may not be much. You, you've just got to accept the good news that Jesus Christ has paid for our guilt, that we are reconciled with God, that we are children of God in Jesus Christ, and I'm now going to pray like I'm a child of God. It's like act on that yeah, and feelings will follow. Don't listen to your feelings. Your feelings are not going to tell you the good news yeah, because the good news is in many ways counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, you, we're only going to feel it once you start acting on it. Okay, so if you start with Matthew 6 there, verse 9, we have Jesus taking that position for us, our Father. So we yeah. come in to the presence of our Father. We say our Father in heaven. So we're Yeah, that's know, right. So we're acknowledging God as Father. And by the way, as our Father, there's a plural there yeah. uh, as well. Uh, this is never just about me and God. Yeah, he didn't I'm say my of, He didn't say yeah, my yeah. Father. Um, uh, hallowed be your name. This is an expression of worship. Like I know we know this well and we skim past. This is a very condensed model oh. for prayer. Um, so actually recognising who God is, who God has been for you and for others. Mm-hmm. So another great, uh, and, and this is something I find often helps to get me in the right place, is recognising who God is and what he's done for me and for us. Mm. You know, it's like God, like just I, I, when I think about where I've come and what God has done for me, and you see the Psalms do this a lot. Yeah. They will remember. Yeah, God, you have been our yeah. resting place. You have been our fortress through all the ages. Yeah. You know, you have this is who you are for us. Even, it's, even, even in the concept we see it old, uh, in the Old Testament again, uh, you, know, uh, you know, coming to God and saying you are the God of Abraham, the God yeah, of yeah, Isaac, right. the God. That's you're right. listing the God of King David. You're listing those right. as this is, this is the records. You yeah. know, we've got we've And got that's this. the name bit there. It's the hallowed be your name. Mm. God's name is who he is to us. Okay. So it's like praising his name in a, in a sense, giving thanks and honour to God for who he is and who he has been. So, you know, if you've struggled to get going, just pause. Like pause and, and reflect actually on how much God has done for you already. That can be a really good place to start. Now, we don't go around in the year 2020 talking, saying the, the word hallowed yeah. very much. What, what like does it mean? Honored, honoured, praised, glorified. Okay. Um, Special? Uh, Is that too weak? It's like, um, yeah, may, may your name be sort of lifted up, recognised, praised. Okay. Yeah. Next verse. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Yep. This is the what I was saying about the intercession. This is where it starts. It starts with the big picture. So we pray in the context of the fact that God has revealed who he is, our father, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and what he wants to do. Your kingdom come. Right? That's Jesus. By this stage, you know, like he's... Uh, he's been talking about the kingdom. He's been he's been announcing the coming of the kingdom. Yep. It's so we pr- so this is the important thing about prayer, and I think this is where we struggle at times is that we have a tendency to pray to God in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you mean by that? Like I mean, with no context. It's like as though 
like let's say you said to me, uh, you expressed your heart to me. This is I really, you know, want us, you know, uh, to to do this and and do that. And and let's say I then answered. I complete did not even reflect that I'd listened to that or cared about that or any kind. And I just started afresh and then wondered why you're looking at me stunned. You know, <laughs> I've got a, I've got a great I've got a great example of this. How the prayer can be heartfelt, but without the context or people not getting the bigger picture, they don't understand why. Uh, way, way back in the day, a friend of mine was a, a youth pastor and on the on the bad side of the tracks in Geelong, yeah, yeah. right, up north in, in north in Geelong there. And they ran a, a youth group. In inverted commas. Well, yeah, let's okay. be... Uh, let's just be honest, honest about that. It was, it, was, it was pretty rough. This is back in the 80s. And um, they were at a an event... And uh, the the youth were in a bus, and a lot of new Christians and stuff like that. And the all of a sudden, these guys came in who weren't Christians in the car park in these dragsters and hotted up, you know, Tiranas and Corollas and everything. Is this story like that. really related? This, to <laughs> trust me, trust me. And they start doing, you know, burnouts. They start doing doughies. They start going around the park, car park, screeching, kicking up stones and stuff like that. And the youth pastors are all sitting there. The youth team is like looking around, getting really concerned. And they're like, oh, guys, guys, you know, this is going on. And some of the kids are looking at going, yeah, 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 yeah. They're like, guys, we should be praying, you know, right now with what's going on. And one of the girls goes, I'll lead the prayer. I'll lead the prayer. And she bows her head and she says, Lord, we just pray for these doughies and the donuts. They're the best, you know, skids they've ever done. We just pray for big screech outs and big. Now she she heard the words, but she didn't get the context of the bigger picture that these guys were going to get in big trouble. Okay. If uh, yeah. Okay. I, I'm not sure if that helps, uh, but um, Look, my, my my point is um, about the praying in the vacuum is that God has started a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So we pray in the context of the fact that God has spoken to us. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, this is important because, again, a lot of people when they pray, the, the vacuum thing feels like, okay, I put time aside and I'm looking, it's like nothingness. Yep. There's no one there. It's like, well, what do I do now? No, actually recognise the fact that God has spoken. Now, this is where I would recommend. Actually, this is a, and I'm getting practical here. Mm. Get your Bible, like whether it's on a device or a book Bible, get a Bible and take it with you into the place of prayer. Yep. Like um, this is this has been important for me. Often when I feel a bit stuck prayer-wise, um, now I, re- I read the Bible regularly uh, and, and there, there are different ways in which I have my prayer time. Sometimes I will sit still and just... Um, uh, you know, focus my heart and, you know, more con- contemplative prayer. Sometimes I'll go for a walk when I've got something to pray about and intercede. Yep. And But there are times when, uh, when and, and, and this these are real um, kickstarter times for me. Mm. And I've been doing this, in fact, the last couple of mornings, mm. uh, sitting down with my Bible, mm. reading and responding to what I'm reading in the Bible and praying that back to God. Because it's actually... I'm recognising the fact that God has spoken first. Yeah. So I think if you struggle to get started, get your Bible and and read it because we're not praying into a vacuum. We're praying to a God has already spoken to That's us. Great so advice. like if you want to get a conversation going, particularly this conversation, which is initiated by God, mm. listen to what God has already said and respond to that. Yeah. 
Um, so that's the kingdom thing. Yeah. So to get back to that, there's a bigger perspective. God has said, hey, this is who I am. This is who I want to be for you. And this is what I want you to be. Yeah. Okay. So uh, that's, you know, and, and this and and this I've given you, this is what I brought you into in Christ, right? So we're responding to that. That's the kingdom thing. Mm. So our prayers then are, you know, prayer is about us stepping up into alignment with God. It's like meeting God face to face. Um uh, not disregarding that, oh, yeah, 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 kingdom, schmimdom, whatever. Yes. Oh, God, can you make my business flourish? Yep. Uh, yep. Uh, well, maybe, yeah, God wants to help you with your business. But, hey, just first get on board, see eye to eye with God. Yes. And then you, the question around your business might be more like, how can I really glorify you as a business owner or a business manager? Or how can I really glorify in this company? You know, how can I be the best that I can be in this job? Well, he, he, we'll reshape he, that question. Exactly. And Jesus Jesus shows you the pattern right there. You know, in that idea, let's let's run down that idea yeah, with yeah. someone who's a business owner. You know, God, I know you're working in your kingdom. You've got your revelation. I want to do your will yeah. here in my business, yeah. on earth here today, yeah. as you were doing right. it there. And the perspective is And the perspective is right there. Like, yeah, that's right. Good. Next verse. Give us this day our daily bread. Yep, right. So that's the that's that ordinary supplication thing. God wants to connect with our needs and we talked about that. That's yep. an important part of that. Yeah. 12. But notice it's in the context of the bigger picture. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It, it has a place. It's not just random. Jesus isn't giving us random points. Yeah. He's putting it in order. Yeah. You know, it's, this is the this is the context behind those statements, you know, um ask and you shall receive. Oh. Oh, great. Um <laughs> You know, I'll, I'll, I'll have, have a, car. a red, you know, red, uh, red Ferrari. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, no, actually, the purpose of God yeah. is first. You know, exactly, um, exactly. Verse twelve: Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Yeah. So here's here's a here's a good one. Another great way to get started. You know, it's like if if all else fails and you're just not getting, you're not hearing from, you're reading scripture and it's just not, uh, I mean, and, and I want to be cautious because you need to persevere with these things. These are not little techniques that you try. Yep. These are actually things that we're told to do. Mm. Uh, but this one is a great starter. Like ask God, God, is there anything in my life right now that really grieves you? Now you want to hear from God you ask that question seriously. Like that's a, it's like uh, he, he will, you know, it's not like you're going to hear a voice out of the sky because remember God isn't just out there. Mm. God is within us. Mm. You know, it's like we don't stand three metres away from a burning bush. The burning bush actually is in our hearts. Yeah. The Holy and, Spirit. And it's important, important point here, Matt, that I'd love you to enunciate uh, is depending on the translation, we read debts here in the ESV. Yeah. He's not talking about financial debts no, no, or that's people right. owing us something. He's talking about spiritual moral debt. Yeah, yeah. so this is confession. Now, confession um, is a really crucial part of prayer and often the blocker is because, again, God has been trying to show us something in our lives. He's mm. saying, hey, DJ, I'm really grieved about this thing in your life. Mm. And then you're saying, ah, oh, God, can you help me with uh, my business? Ah, uh, no, no, I, I, there's actually some attitudes. Ah, uh, God, can you please do mm. It's like mm. no. you're not listening. So so naturally there's going to be a, a community. That's what you call a communication breakdown. Mm. So regularly coming to that place of confession, like you might, 
a lot of people, it might already be really evident. You know, you've been carrying some things mm. that you're really uh, ashamed of. Maybe that you feel like that's been, um, you know, that's a real blocker for you. Mm. This is also where you need to exercise your faith. Mm. The mm. worth and weight of Jesus' sacrificial death is always infinitely greater than any offence that you have committed. Yeah. Always greater, right? Mm-hmm. So Jesus' blood covers it. Jesus' death covers it, right? Mm-hmm. So that's this. Um, so we need to bring that shame, um, but also allow uh, that process of um, is it where in the Psalms and um, Psalm nineteen, you know, um, ser- search me, search my hidden thoughts, mm. um, uh, or is that in? Um, no, that's in Psalm one hundred and thirty nine. Yes. Uh, you know, search my hidden thoughts. Mm. Like uh, we need to ask God to do that, to dredge up the stuff within us mm. that we're not hearing. That So confession is a really uh, important unblocker in our relationship with God. And ongoing. Yeah. And you know, like the classic story of once where I just responded to, um, I think it was 1 John 1, you know, if, if we say that we are without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us, but if we confess our sins... He's faithful and just. Faithful and just and will forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So I remember thinking, oh, gee, it's I haven't done confession. You know, I'm thinking about prayer. I haven't done confession for a long time. And I can remember this well. I can even, it's one of those experiences I remember mm. where I was. And I, and, I, and I stopped and I paused and I think, confess your sins. And I actually couldn't think of anything. And it was like... <laughs> All of heaven was in stitches of laughter. Yeah. It's like, are you kidding? You must be joking, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I recognised that and, I, and, you know, as I waited on God and, like, kept asking God, well, okay, well, what is it then? And it must be, there must be something deep going or, you know, because I obviously have suppressed it if it's not immediately coming to mind. Yeah. And sure enough, it all started to, you know, it's like flowed up yeah, from yeah, deep yeah. beneath the surface and I'm like, oh. Oh, man, you know, and my inclination initially was to push it back down like I can't deal with that. Yeah. But God's saying, give it to me. Yeah. I want, say it out loud. Yeah. So I, I would, confession, I would suggest say it out loud. Mm. I mean, in some cases I think tell someone else and pray together with someone else. Yeah. You know, prayer, a big part of prayer is actually doing this with other people. It's, it's Confession you know, confess your sins to one another, yeah. uh, Bible says, and I think that's a really powerful thing. Good. Definitely, definitely. Uh, last last little bit here. That leads straight into lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. Yeah. So this is like uh, the sort of testing or, you know, temptation here is testing hardship. Um, you know, deliver us from the evil one is, is, a, is another one. Um, so this is like God... Uh, I can't take this anymore. This is, you know, all the all of the expressions in the Psalms. God, I can't take this anymore. When are you going to, you know, I'm going to die uh, here. This is like, don't push me beyond the limit. Um, this is this, do that. You know, like if you're in this difficult situation, pray that you would come out of it. Yeah. You know, like that's a legitimate prayer and that you would be delivered from the evil one uh, in that. It's like... You know, people would say, "Why do we need to pray that? This doesn't isn't it does, doesn't he always deliver us from the evil one? Yeah. Whatever God does in our lives, He's going to do through prayer. Yes, He wants to deliver you from the evil one, wants to deliver everyone from the evil one, but He's going to do it in your life and in other people's lives through prayer. But remember, this is a flow. I really believe that Jesus is yeah. teaching us a flow, and the flow goes: confess, 
you know, you've got to do, deal with that yeah. black ooze in your heart, bring it to the surface, and as you deal with the sin in your life, the wrongdoing in your life, you then step into, Lord, please don't let me be tempted by... Yeah, but, you know, it's it it leads on to that. I don't want yeah. to go down in that pathway again. Yeah. Then, for, depending on the translation you have, and you know, this is getting into a little bit of textual stuff there, where you might have for yours is the kingdom, you yeah. know, okay, and so power, that was a, glory forever, amen. Yeah, that's generally accepted to be a a late like a later scribal edition because all of the most early manuscripts, manuscripts of different tr- parts of the tree yes. is technical, but. Um, doesn't have that. Yeah, in. It d- doesn't have that. So, and again, it doesn't mean that that is bad. No, it's just like often the the, the manuscripts, early manuscripts, had a practical purpose. They were used for liturgical purposes. So it was so uh, that perhaps like a response or something. I mean, it's a great thing to say. Exactly. Like it's, exactly. It's very true. If the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, there are basically other parts of scripture. Uh, that say that as well as the amen. Exactly. Uh, so th- so that yeah. sort of shows us that in the earliest part of the church, when they read that prayer, they added that into the amen of it there. Yeah, because Jesus, right. yeah. Jesus basically, you know, goes to that and then talks about the application of of praying in pro- yeah. you know, private and forgiveness yeah. and stuff like yeah. that, the whole thrust of that chapter. So there is no amen on that prayer, so the early church added it in. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, we've looked at Matthew 6. I want to take a quick break right now and we come back. And I'll, Matt, I really want to get personal and practical. I've got some questions about prayer as we break it down on this, the second episode of Thrive Perspectives here with Matt and myself. We'll be back in a second. Everybody that has reached out to us and given us all this love for this brand new show, Thrive Perspectives. The great news is, if you don't know by now, you can subscribe to Thrive Perspectives in any of your podcast apps that you want. Whether that's Apple Podcasts on your iPhone, whether you're using Google Podcasts, whether you're using apps like Overcast or Pocket Cast or Breaker, CastBox, any of the different apps that you love to use, you can get it all in Spotify. Did I mention Spotify? That's a major way that people get it in Stitcher. There's so many different ways you can get the podcast. Hopefully you're understanding what we're wanting to talk about in these Thrive Perspective shows and we want your questions. We want your feedback. To do that, head over to thrivetoday.tv. It's the best way to get in touch with us. There is so much going on behind the scenes. Our little crew is really, really busy. Probably a little bit too busy. So (laughs) while you're listening to this episode about prayer... Could you do us a big, big favor 
and spend some time praying for us. Pray specifically for Stuart, Matthew and myself as we work on all things Thrive, that God would just give us the strength, the energy and the focus to be able to do everything that we feel he's calling us to do. So we thank you so much for all of your support. Thank you to everybody that's been reaching out and supporting us. It goes a long way. One little moment for you, just to let us know what you're thinking and giving us some feedback or a question. It goes such a long way in, uh, you know, filling up the wind in our sails, as it were. So thanks again, Thrive Perspectives. We're still building this show and exactly what it'll all be. But we just want to say thanks for everybody that's supporting us. Please subscribe and remember to rate us as well. All right, that's enough from me. Let's get back into the conversation about prayer on this, our second episode of Thrive Perspectives. Perspectives episode two, we're talking about prayer. And I love this. Uh, it's Matthew and DJ here, your old pals. And uh, we are beginning this. I, I almost feel that this Thrive Perspectives, we still don't know exactly what this podcast is going to be, you know, exactly. But I, I feel like we're setting the table or mm. setting the framework in, in, mm. in so people understand what type of worldview we have when we're looking, you know, at the world around us. And, and, and I love the fact that, Matt, that you, you've put your finger on prayer being something that is central to the Christian faith, this communion, uh, you know, this, this conversation we're having uh, with, with the God of the universe. And we've gone through Jesus' very practical application of, uh, you know, the prayer in Matthew 6. And I've got a few questions around that. But one thing I, I want to throw in there right away, because I think this gives us a really different angle of prayer and it really speaks into your um, area of expertise as well, man. Mm. The book of Psalms, mm. the central book of the yeah. Bible, yeah. is basically a song book that is a prayer book, combining yeah. the two together. Yeah. A lot of them are prayer of, prayers of King David. We've got a lot of other writers and everything going in there as well. There's different types of psalms. There's praise, you know, types yeah, of yeah. prayers. There's the prayers of asking, you know, really crying out to God. There's all these different types of principles and stuff in the yeah. psalms. One psalm, you know, there's two different types of psalms that we have or two different types of prayers that we have in the book of psalms that aren't really popular today mm. in the church. Mm. One of them is a prayer of lamentation, like yeah. really just wailing yeah. out to God in the depth, mm. depth of despair. Yeah. And the other one is on another, not an, another not popular emotion, yeah. is in the depth of anger, a yeah. burning righteous anger where you have these prayers of strike down my enemy, like these holy righteous yeah. prayers. Do they have a place in our hearts and our lives today? Uh, I would argue that they do. Yeah. Because the emotions that they're expressing have a place in our heart. Now, um, let's let's go with the which one will we do first? I'll go with the anger one first because it's uh, probably on people's minds. Yeah, what about okay. those? I mean, in the Psalms, they 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 run pretty fierce, you yep. know, uh, fierce expressions of anger. Because these people now again, there's a slight circumstantial difference to the intensity of these things, mm. like. Uh, it's unlikely that we will uh, that we will experience 
our city being completely destroyed, you know, people being killed, uh, impaled, mm. our children being thrown off the city walls, mm. you know, we're not going to experience these sort of traumas. What we need, the Psalms often come from that level of trauma. Yeah. I often say the Psalms come to us from the coal face of human existence. Mm. But the, so they felt anger. So let's just work with that. I mean, I wanted to say something about that difference between our circumstance because these aren't um, expressions of people who are aggrieved over petty disputes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, exactly. Yeah. We can't, we can't uh, pick however, up. We can't pick up these. Yeah. They, they call them imprecatory yeah, psalms. That's we right. can't pick up an imprecatory however, psalm when the, someone cuts us off in the traffic. Yeah, that's right. Goes, however, you know, you know what? Like, um, if you're angry, mm. the best thing to do with that is to take it to God. Yes, because there's a great temptation on our part to be the judge. Uh, to be judge and jury, an executioner, in fact. Okay. So, you know what, God is judge. So um, the idea of just trying to repress anger is not healthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some things that actually we, sh- we, we uh, are right to feel angry about um, and we can communicate that functionally to another person. Not, I mean, often the way that we do that is part of the punishment already. Uh, so I think, you know, I think that's <clears throat> important but... If we're angry about things uh, and, and we have unresolved anger, the only place to resolve that is with God because I think God can speak to us about our anger. If there's any misconception in our anger, well, how's that going to be sort of, unless God really speaks into that? Okay. Um, so, uh, so those expressions are about letting God be the judge. It's like I feel really aggrieved and angry. At, I'm going to take this before God and let it rip before God. Mm. You know, I can communicate that with other people but... Look, I'm only going to be able to be gracious if I have. It's like showing um, Miroslav Volf. I heard an interview with him. He's an um, important evangelical theologian. Uh, said that forgiveness isn't as simple as we make it out to be. It's a process. Well, it involves a very grace and forgiveness involves a process of interaction with God mm. that is exemplified, in fact, in the Psalms. It's like take it to God. Now, this is this brings us to the. Um, the lament psalms as well because I think a lot of our prayer, and again, let's get practical here, doesn't get started because we're thinking, oh, what should I say here? Well, the first question is how do you feel? How do you feel? Well, for a lot of people it's like, well, I just feel like God never listens to me. I feel, you know, I feel it's like some people I think would say, well, I've prayed before and I prayed for things and God didn't answer, right? And so what happens is they feel really disappointed with God and they just skulk off, right? Grumbling. Mm. Now, what you see in the Psalms is the opposite of that, not in that they just paste over that with positive, you know, expressions. Instead of grumbling, they complain. In the Psalms, complaint is the opposite of grumbling. Okay. Um, Not just resignation acceptance, acceptance, you know, like there's a kind of stoic resignation. Mm. Uh, I get that. Yeah, stoicism has no place in biblical spirituality, uh, you know, um, uh, because the Psalms do the op- they actually complain. They say, God, I've, we, we're calling out to you and you're not answering our prayers. Like mm. they're actually complaining. That's what, that's what kids, you see an example of Moses do that throughout scriptures. You've got people having that bold childlike approach before God where they say exactly how they feel. Mm. See, what else are you going to do? Repress that? If you if you feel disappointed with God, take that like the Psalms do again and again and again. And there are so many examples of this. I think God knows this is a real blocker in prayer. Mm. You know, it's like 
um, you know, I, I, I pray and I just feel like God's not even there. And, I, and it's like people have said that to me. I feel like God doesn't answer my prayer. I feel like he's not there. I feel like I'm praying to the, to the wall. And I, say, I would say, have you complained about that with God? Yeah. I mean, you're complaining to me. Yeah. Um, I suggest you take that and complain about that to God. Mm. Now, I've done that. Mm. And it's been some of the most, like, groundbreaking prayer that I've had yeah. has been a persistent complaint to God. I know it sounds funny, but it's, but it's like, true. You think about all the Psalms that are saying, how long, O Lord, how long? Yeah. So obviously they've been complaining a lot. But complaint in the Psalms, that kind of complaint is not wallowing. Yeah. It's taking hold of God and saying, I'm not going to let you go. Yeah. Until you bless me because it's, it's, it's not wallowing because it's not wallowing in mud. It's standing on the rock of God's promise saying, God, you said I'm not seeing this happening, so yeah. what's going on? You, you've, just, you've just hit the nail on the head there, Matt, because I think that's a really important point. You brought that up before. Like one of the, one of the steps, and I can't agree with this more, is finding the passages and scriptures, finding the you know, promises. And we've got a thousand apps and websites that can even help you do it. Yeah. But even if you just spend five minutes flipping through the Bible, Bible yeah. in the New Testament, you'll come across a promise yeah. from God. Mm. And you can stand in that promise yeah. and you can pray that back to God. Use that as a as a beginning of a prayer. And yeah. for me sometimes it has been, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like I, I will go uh, I had a I had a, a, a revelation in my life and I and I, you know, without mm. going into the personal yeah. details there, I always give people, because I think in movie, movies, I'm always yeah. thinking in cinema, and whatever you think of the movie... <laughs> you watch... I watch too <laughs> many watch movies. Too I watch too many movies. Uh, whatever you think of the movie, I know Forrest Gump go, comes in and out of fashion and it's one one year it's pl- problematic and the next year uh, it's fantastic. Okay. But there's a th- there's another story yeah. in, um, in, in the movie Forrest Gump of Lieutenant Dan. Yeah, yeah. The good old Lieutenant Dan that, yeah. that, that, that wanted to die... For his family's honour in the war in Vietnam, and Forrest Gump saved him, and, lo- and he lost his legs. Yeah. And at a certain point, he comes to Forrest. They get taken out in a storm in yeah. a boat. Yeah. It's a great oh, biblical yeah, that's picture. Right. That's a great one. Yeah. And 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 Lieutenant Dan goes to the top of the mast and has a fight with God. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> kill me! You know what are you what are you afraid of? And he just lets it all out. Lets it all out. And it's a beautiful picture. The next morning, it's beautifully calm, and you know, for, and and Lieutenant Dan goes, "I'm going to go for a swim," and he just falls into the ocean. Yeah, and and you hear the uh, the uh, and again, I'm I'm putting way much more forest spirit, over the top. Yeah, putting I love much the quote. more yeah. forest is over the top, saying, I, "I don't know what happened." You know, I don't know what God said to Lieutenant Dan or whatever, but it's, I think he made his peace. You know, I think they yeah. fought it out, type of yeah. thing. And it and you see that's a change in his life yeah. because he gets it's at peace beautiful. with his life. Yeah. And I think that's the it's same a great picture. Yeah, because the problem is, and and this is the story for my life and for a lot of people. And it's not once solved and you're done. But there's times in my life, and there was a long time in a lot of people's lives where I think. You pray and you pray and you pray and nothing changes. You either stop praying, mm. you either pre- keep pretending, you live yeah, in a yeah. facade yeah. where yeah. it's all fake yeah. and every, you think everyone else is faking it too, yeah. or you take the third option and have that fight with God, Just have it out. be honest, yeah. Be honest yeah, and say, I am praying and nothing is going on. Now, it might not change overnight. It might not change in a week. It might not even change in a year. But I, I, I swear to goodness, if you stand on the promises and you keep going back to God and being honest, something changes. Yeah, 
Yeah. Something changes. Yeah. So I think I think that 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 principle of just tell God how you feel is really important. Now, some practical. I think just to drill down into some practical things. I mean, one of the issues with prayer, obviously, is you know that space and time thing. I mean, we're so busy these days. Um, finding you know time can be hard. Well, I mean, there is. We got in one sense. We got time we've got 24 hours uh, in a day it's all about how we use that time yeah um we we use time for leisure activities we give time to leisure activities that actually don't lift the burden of life from our shoulder they're actually not relaxing in other words yeah i mean so this is where you've got to recognize um it's like okay i need that extra half hour of sleep you know like so Let's say um, so. Recently, uh, I I have done prayer at different spaces in my in my day. Um, uh, last half of last year, it was you know I, I would um, it was a, probably two different spaces. Either kind of get up in the morning or or go for a walk in the afternoon. Actually, I've started when I got back from overseas. I thought, okay, I'm going to get up half an hour earlier to give myself more time in that space because I felt the moment I need more time mm. in that stillness space, right? So so I just made more time and actually the result is is that like an extra half an hour sleep, honestly, mm. I, the fact is I'm actually more rested throughout <laughs> the day because actually the, I have put on to God the burden of my life. The anxiety is ahead like, of it's not, it's not a lot, lot extra. Like seriously put on your alarm uh, you know, patterns of life uh, are important. And so morning, I think, is a great time to put time aside. Mm. Um, when I uh, lately, I've, I've, I have been um, uh, sitting down when I have my lunch, uh, I take, you know, take a lunch break, you know, I'll sit down with my Bible. And my, this is the Bible, taking the Bible to the place of, place of mm. uh, prayer. I've been doing that, uh, reading some scripture and uh, as I drink my coffee and whatever, and, oh, man, I, I, I've been, like, uh, that's taken me some great places of prayer lately. It's like, oh, man, I come across something and it's like, oh, God, I really want to see that, you know, in, in my life. So that's, you know, that's been, that, that's another space, you know, that, that I've used. What, what about, um, what about, let's get in very practical here. And it's different for different people. But, I mean, for me, I'm very aware of... You know, again, we're getting into thinking about the yeah. mind and who we are and things like that. But there's a con- like I am speaking to me, or some part of me yeah. is constantly speaking all the time in my head. Yeah, I have there's a, there's a, you know the stream of thought or consciousness, yeah. whatever you want to call it, is constantly there. There's a constant you know voice in my head. I say it's me or part part of me that is constantly there, <laughs> okay. and and I have had to go. In my, this is this yeah, is the, yeah, yeah. this is the practical part of for me for prayer. I've had to really, uh, you like, you know, uh, hold down that voice, not not suppress yeah, it, yeah. but say, okay, God, this constant stream of thought in my mind, mm. I'm going to bring before you. Yeah, you know, I want this to be in light of in in you, yeah. not that it is a prayer. Because half the time I'm not praying, I'm thinking about what I've got to do. But every now and then when it's almost that subconscious, the conscious part of me goes, 
oh, I'm thinking about that God. You, you, you like I'm bringing it to God all the time. Yeah. Now I know we're yeah, getting. Yeah, that's good. It's like bring your internal dialogue. Yeah. It's like. Uh, bring another person, the person of God, into that internal dialogue. That's Essentially what that's what you're doing. And that's what yeah. I'm doing because I really believe, like very practically, and I try to be really nuts and bold about it, I know the Holy Spirit is in residence in my yeah. being. Yeah. And I really am saying to God, as your Holy Spirit is in residence in my being, I want you to bear witness and bear upon yeah. the from your light of conviction yeah. and of righteousness and everything – I want to bring everything to you. So when I have, and I'll be very honest, it, when a lustful thought comes through yeah. or a sinful thought and an anger yeah. or something, I, I almost laugh at myself and I go, oh, Father, I'm, you know, what yeah. A, yeah. this is ridiculous because it's in light of, of this. That's, that's a really great point. Bring it straight out in a conversation with yeah. God. It's like let's not um, – so whether it's – whether it's the things that we harbour because we harbour these. I do the same thing. If I have, you know, if I have these thoughts and I'm, oh, it's like there's a tendency for us to want to suppress that. Mm. But actually this is a great opportunity to drag that weed out, yeah. roots and all, and to hold it up into the light before God. Mm. God, I'm thinking this. Help, like, what is, go- like uh, what is going on here? Why am I, Lord, help me to, it's... Um, I mean, often I think we hold on to that stuff in, in the dark. Yeah. But prayer is, is uh, as an ordinary practice every day. Yeah. And I think this is where, you know, we've talked about putting time aside for prayer and, this, uh, and I think that's important, that quality Amen. time. Definitely. But this is, this is throughout the day, conversation with God. Yeah. Um, whether it's doing th- stuff like that, so I'm thinking things that I know are unhealthy, bring it out into light, bring it into conversation with God. The worries, you know, the things that you think over and over, I'm going this over and over in my mind. I can't concentrate what people are saying to me because I'm obsessing over this concern or this mm. worry. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm lying awake at night thinking about this. Mm. You know what? Instead of thinking about it, how about praying about it? Bring yeah. God into your internal dialogue mm. and you actually will find that it will bring some resolve. So yeah. that, that I think is an ordinary practice is, is important. I mean one of the problems here... Uh, with prayer, and I think this is probably a topic for another episode, is that our minds are habitually hyperactive. I mean, there's a root cause. It's our God complex, as I've referred to it. We're so used to playing God. So when I lose control of my environment, Mm -hmm. I obsess, how can I gain control? You know, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do, and I'm going to, how am I going to get back at that person? I'm going to tell them this and I'm going to, you know, it's like all of us playing God, right? Mm -hmm. Now, uh, that will that will drive you mental mm. it, because it's like a it's it's a weird dissociative thing like you're actually pretending to be something that you're not. Mm. So um, you know what we need to do prayer is is actually the gesture of letting God be God, mm. and so it's going to God with those things. But the other thing about our hyperactive thoughts is that we we play into that hyperactivity uh, through you know, our busyness but also through just the bulk of media that we take in and mm. our minds are over-entertained and open, over-stimulated. Mm. So as a rule, our minds are very undisciplined. Um, <clears throat> it, it, we, you know, people talk about their thoughts running away from them it's as though their thoughts were somehow different to them. Yes. It's like well, your thoughts are running away. I mean, yeah. who, well, who are you? It's yeah. like uh, so... Um, 
we actually need to learn to practice mental discipline. Mm. Discipline is a good yeah, that's a whole uh, a good word. That, you that, know, that's, that's, so, so that's another thing, and, and and mental discipline. And I, you know, I think there's, uh, I think fa- the most important form of fasting alongside prayer in our day and age is media fasting. Yes, I, let's, amen. let's let's talk about that in another issue. But th- these are practical things. Like our overstimulated mind mm. um, is a problem in prayer, and the discipline of media fasting, I think, is a way of of um, getting. Uh, you know, digging into that a bit. The other thing is that our media intake and the noise, you know, I've got the radio on in the car, I've got, you know, I go for a walk, I've got the iPod on. Yep. Uh, like just take it off. Yep. And, um, you know, so I love going for I mean, I love running and I listen to audiobooks when I run, but when I go for a walk with the dog, uh, it's like yeah. no, nothing, nothing in my ear because because I say to myself, no, actually this is a great opportunity uh, for me to talk to God about some things that are going on in my life. There are times in the car when I'm on a long drive, I'll listen to an audio book or a podcast, but then there are other times where I say, no, actually, I'm going to turn this off and sit in silence. Sometimes just for the discipline yeah. of having nothing going through my head, yeah. um, but often it's a chance to, um, uh, you know, to talk to God about some things. So, And, and, and also, there's also yeah, there. This, this see what comes out. All right, as we wrap it up, as we wrap up this episode talking about prayer, and I know we've just, we've devoted a whole episode to this subject. We've barely yeah. scratched the surface here, and look, Matt. Let me, let me just, uh, sorry, I'm going to, I'll let you finish. Yeah. But if what you're doing isn't working, like so I'm, try, I'm trying, do something else. Yeah. And maybe from today you've, there's some things that have, have uh, rung a bell that yeah. you could try. Yeah, especially, and I want to encourage everybody with this one, praying with the word of God open in front of you, praying yeah, through that. One. Oh, that that will, will I, I believe that will change your life because I believe that it is from that fuel. Yeah, that's fundamental. That, that, that we, you know, it's almost like... <sighs> I'm going, to, I'm going to use, this would be wrong analogy, but I believe that the Holy Spirit, when we are saved, the Holy Spirit, you know, seals us, enters us, you know, is bringing, you know, us closer to, to the Lord and everything like that. But as we, it's, it's almost like the language that we give the Holy Spirit in our life either is the language of the word that mm. he can use in our life or we starve him of the vocabulary that he needs to speak to us. Yeah, that's right. You know, and we end up being very rudimentary yeah. baby Christians because we haven't given him the breadth of what he can speak into our lives. Yeah. And and so I think by fueling our prayer life with the word of God, the Holy Spirit then in return uses that as we pray and it it, it, can, it can change us. One last question. For people, and you've been really, we've been really good, Matt, you've been great giving practical advice. People are sitting there going, right, I'm going to, I'm going to practice this prayer thing. For someone who, I'm sure there's someone who's listening who is at square zero, mm. you know. They're like, really, man, I haven't done any of this before. They might even be on the edge of belief, you know, type of thing in Jesus. Mm. Who do they address? Do they address Father God? Uh, good. Yeah, good question. Do they address yeah. God? Do they talk to the Holy Spirit? Do they talk to Jesus? Yeah, good question. Who, who do they address? Yeah. Okay, the short answer, and I'll break it down briefly, the short answer is that we pray to God the Father through Jesus Christ by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Okay, we pray to God the Father. So that's important because we are children praying to the Father. Um, now, uh, through Jesus Christ, because Jesus Christ is the one who shows us who God 
is, but also makes a way to God. Now, um, uh, when it you t- when we New Testament often talks about calling on the name of the Lord, it can be calling on the name of the Lord Jesus, mm. because it's um, you know the name of Jesus is uh, is who God is for us. You know, it's like in the, that's that uh, Jesus showing us who God is. Yeah. Um, but he is our access to God, you know, and we pray by the Holy Spirit. So this part is, this is a, because there are things, God actually is within us and there is this sense in which God uh, is instilling in our hearts desires for the things that he desires. So praying in accordance with the Spirit is praying the things that God wants for us. It's like meet, meeting uh, our desires meeting God's desires. Yeah. So we pray to God the Father as children through Jesus Christ the Son by the Holy Spirit, um, remembering that the Holy Spirit is already at work in you. Um, there are longings that he has deposited in you. Prayer often is a, is the way of allowing those longings to begin to flow out. Mm-hmm. It's And it actually grows those longings. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. They're deep spirit longings you know so um uh, that's where you know god puts on our hearts something to pray for this but to pray a passion to see this okay go pray in accordance with that because that's the holy spirit because you are actually keeping in step with the spirit pray in accordance with the spirit uh through jesus christ means you have absolute 100 percent access mm. uh, it's as though jesus were praying to god the father because you are in christ that's the favor that you have access to so faith in that and you're a child praying to your Father in heaven. Yeah. So for those of you who are like again, if you are, if you're listening to this and you're not a Christian, or you're mm. just thinking about it, or you're just taking a baby step into it, or scratching your head around it, I would I would say in light of everything that you've just heard, you might still have a thousand questions. I would encourage you to pray, and still pray in the way that Matthew. Yeah, just it's not said. like there are rules like oh, oh yes, yeah, I've been praying to the Spirit or praying to the yeah. No, that's fine. Like you know, that's fine. I just that's the you know I think that theological statement we pray to god the father through christ the son by the holy spirit mm. that's basically the sort of biblical perspective but it's exactly I, I agree so if, if you're in that place my encouragement to you right now is to <clears throat> is to understand that the even the thought the concept and this might be foreign to you even the concept of saying all right i'm gonna i'm gonna give this prayer thing a go that's the work of god in your heart yeah. even though you don't realize yeah, that's it. right god's already stirring in your heart god yeah. is stirring in your heart and just give it a shot just yeah. give it a shot. Just pray. Follow some of those things. Maybe open up the scriptures. Go for it. There. Be honest about where you're at, and just give it a shot for a little while. Turn it into a turn it into a bit of a. Practice. I'm thinking now of a quote from Yoda. Yeah. Do or do not. There is no try. I mean, I. Well, when it comes to there's some of these things we're talking confession and thanksgiving. Yeah. I I'd say more than just give it a try. Yeah. Just do. Do Just it do and it. keep on doing it. Just do it. Just do it. That's good advice. Well, there you go. End of episode two of Thrive Deeper. Uh, we're going to have Benita, the voiceover lady, come on and let us know how you can get in contact with us. But please, we would love your questions of anything that we've spoken about today about prayer has got a question, uh, you know, raise some questions about about anything. Uh, we want this this podcast to be fueled by your questions about the perspectives of life you have as we try to live this Christian life you know successfully as we as we you know strive to journey into into the way that we 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 want to go so please we would love your questions about topics 
things, issues that you would love us to talk about. Uh, that's the fuel for this podcast. But thank you so much to everyone who's reached out and encouraged us here with Thrive Perspectives. Um, I'm excited to see where we're going to go. Uh, any closing words from you, Matt? You just want to say sayonara? <laughs> keep, uh, keep tuning in. We've got lots of stuff uh, coming on. And, and keep on praying. As Jesus said, you know, keep on praying and don't give up. listening to Thrive Perspectives, we want to hear from you. So send us your big questions and ideas. Our home on the internet is thrivetoday.tv. You can contact us, download other shows, see all of our resources and much, much more at our website, thrivetoday.tv. The Thrive Today Network is on Facebook. Our Facebook page and links to our community groups are waiting for you. Just search and like Thrive Today page in Facebook now. Visiting the website, ratethispodcast.com slash Thrive Perspectives really helps us reach more people. So head to ratethispodcast.com slash Thrive Perspectives. We hope that these shows will challenge you to look at life from a new perspective and thrive. was another DJP.FM production. <laughs>